Welcome to another episode of the Jets Cast, inspired by Milo Time. Daryl Kessler, along with Milo's older brother, Max. Max, thanks so much for joining me again. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. Well, if you could uh, join me last week after an absolutely atrocious Jets loss, there's certainly no reason not to join me this week after True. an absolutely stunning Jets 30-6 to victory. I mean, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of the game. I'm going to ask you to please explain what it is that we just saw. But as our listening audience knows, we begin the Jets cast inspired by Milo Time with a Jets-Milo football story. And I'm going to tell a really quick one. It's not so much a story as it is a little something that gives you insight into the type of kid that Milo was. Uh, When Milo was playing his last year or two of flag football, he decided that he wanted to coach really little kids in flag football as well. So in two of the years that he was still playing flag football, he was also coaching really little kids in flag football. And I remember going to a couple of the games that he was coaching just to see how the parents were behaving and how the kids were behaving. And I was just so impressed with how cool Milo was during the games, how much he enjoyed doing what he was doing, how much the kids looked up to him, particularly knowing that he was still playing in a much older age group, and then how thoughtfully the parents responded to him as well. I had feared the worst, and many of the parents wrote Milo and us, his parents' notes letting us know that his kids, their kids really looked up to him and that he set a great example. Too many times in youth sports, particularly in flag football and basketball, when some middle school and high school kids particularly would coach, they would kind of lose their way a little bit and get really focused on winning and um, sort of lose the focus, as many parents do too, by the way. But Milo never did. One of his teams was quite good. One of his teams was not. He also coached basketball, and his team was, again, middle of the pack. But I never saw him lose his cool in the couple of games I watched him coach. And he really did a great job, and the kids and the parents responded. And that's... That's where we're going to start this episode of the, the Jets I, cast inspired I, I, I by Milo Time. I two quick questions about that story. Just did did what was it? He coached the Panthers, and what was the other team? I just don't remember. I don't remember. I know he had a Panthers hat. Are you sure he did two seasons of coaching flag? Or was it one flag and one basketball? I think it was one flag. I just don't remember him coaching a different team, but I definitely remember the Panthers and him coaching basketball. Yeah, not to not that's to, possible. That's, that's possible. That's, just, that doesn't change that. the the thrust of things. Of and also, I, I just wanted to add that. Um, and did he do it by himself with football? Football he did by himself, basketball he yeah. did with James Grayson. Yeah, I mean, I just was thinking about just two things that, you know, I mean, so many kids, you know, it's usually something that you do with your friends, but, you know, Milo was just so independent and just was drawn to doing stuff he wanted to do, you know. I mean, we would always say that he, he marched to the beat of his own drum, and that was such a great example of that, that he just coached a football team because he wanted to do it. And because it was fun and it was a great way to give back to the community, which had raised him like it was just awesome. And also, I would say just in addition to kind of the attitude stuff that kids would get lost in the, you know, lost in the swing of play, get to emotional stuff like that. Milo also handled all the, you know, the substitutions and all that stuff flawlessly. So not only just the emotional aspect of it, but the logical, tangible stuff as well. He was totally capable of 
handling flawlessly. So yeah, and I remember him very well in one of the games that I went to see him again when he was coaching the Panthers. The game was close. People were getting heated, and Milo just continued subbing people in, playing kids fairly, exactly as the league suggested that every team should, but very few teams actually did, yeah. even adults. Especially, especially in flag. Especially in flag football. Yeah. So um, just another way that Milo distinguished himself, and you're absolutely right, just a complete, unique individual. Yep. Which brings us to last week's Jets game. So coming into last week's Jets cast inspired by Milo Time Max, you and I were talking about what we were rooting for for the rest of the year and what we were expecting. And we thought it was about 50-50 that the Jets would lose out, that is not win another game and finish 4-13. and 13. Yeah. And we thought it was extremely unlikely that they would beat the Houston Texans last week. And I personally said that playing Zach Wilson seemed to me unfair to Zach himself because he was going to be compared to the great C.J. Stroud, who, as we noted last week, is having one of the great first-year quarterback seasons in NFL history. And flip, script, and here we are, Jets 30-6. to Zach Wilson, I wouldn't quite say dominant, but phenomenal in the second a- half. A- he, j- he won AFC Player of the Week. And Stroud, awful. So what happened? Yeah, I mean, you know... Th- I- the the, cyn- the cynical part of me wants to say this is just the most classic Jets win here <laughs> because, you know, the Jets, in a week where the Jets could have made up a lot of ground in the tankathon to get a top pick, the Jets actually have a great win. So, you know, I mean, that that's what the my initial reaction is, is a win that means next to zero, but makes the fan base feel a little better about what is ultimately going to be an F-minus season for the Jets. Um but, you know, I mean, credit to Sala, I guess, who had the team ready to play, which we've been asking for for the last five weeks, like to see some adjustments, some changes, like anything that shows a sign of life on the offensive side of the ball. And finally, it seems like, I don't know how much I believe, I don't remember who I was, I think I was talking to Steven Cardello this week, and we were talking about just kind of how it's hard to know like what to believe when people are like, the Jets are just going to tell Zach Wilson to air it out this week. Like, I'm not sure how true that stuff is because I think ultimately football is a very X's and O's game. I don't think that you can just say to him, yeah, just be loose. And it's like, okay, yeah, that worked. But, um, I mean, clearly they did make some adjustments and whatever it was, at least in the second half, I mean, the Jets scored 30 points at a half, which is mind-blowing. It was a 0-0 game at the half. So, you know, the defense continues to be incredible. Um, but, you know, the offense are great. And we'll get into some the future stuff more in a bit, but... That's kind of my assessment of the game. Clearly, it looked like a coaching staff that was a normal, good coaching staff that had made adjustments and prepared for someone. So, yeah. Yeah, and and I started with Zach Wilson, and of course, he's the center point of the conversation. I had lost all faith in his ability to be an NFL quarterback at all, and he absolutely played terrifically well. You know, one of my complaints with Zach Wilson is... Well, we were talking about youth basketball and youth football before. You know that I would always complain about kids who learned how to dribble through their legs before they learned how to shoot a layup. And sometimes Zach Wilson looks to me like that kind of kid. A kid who's trying to do something really unique on the field and throw sidearm and sling it down the field off his back foot before he learns how to just throw a simple timing pattern in the NFL in that tight window that exists in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Well, this last week, at least in the second half, remember this game was 0-0 at the half and the Jets scored 30 points in the second half. Uh, he made every good throw. There were literally, even for me, one or two moments in the game where I felt that his 
poor feel for the pocket bit him. Those were among the four sacks he took. It felt like one or two were self-inflicted, but if that's the price for that kind of performance, I'll take it. That was an NFL performance. It was an NFL performance, and to get down into the nitty-gritty, it seemed to me that the key was that Brees Hall touched the ball 18 times, 10 carries, 8 receptions. Garrett Wilson had 9 catches, and it's so cliche to say it, but find a way to get the ball into the hands of the guys who can do something with it. Even the, the, the touchdown to Xavier Gibson, speed guy, get him on the move. Like, there was some creative play calling in yeah. that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always hesitant with the, the get the ball in the best player's hands idea, like, just as a premise for a team like the Jets who are awful. Like, with the Niners, of course, you get the ball to Debo. But I think this was more just, I mean, I think the credit just has to go to Zach Wilson. Garrett Wilson's been getting open for weeks now and is just not getting thrown to because they don't have guys who can get on the ball. I think it's more just Zach played a better game and was, in fact, the in the first time in five weeks, the Jets had a quarterback who was getting the ball to Garrett. So, yes, I agree, get the ball to Garrett. But, like, I feel like in general it's like it's more have a QB who can get the ball into the guy's best hands, not just give the ball to Brees 15 times, because as we've seen the last couple weeks, you can give the ball to Brees 15 times, you can still have 20 yards if the quarterback can't throw the ball. Now, one thing you pointed out last week, and you may have just been a week early, was that finally this season there's been some consistency on the offensive line. And they've had um, most of their offensive line intact over the last two or three weeks. And they still gave up some pressure and there weren't big holes for the running game. But Zach was sacked four times while the Jets sacked C.J. Stroud five times. And it looked better. It looked like Zach Wilson had more time. It looked like yep. he had better feel. Yep. Run and, blocking was much better. And I've said a number of times on the Jets cast, inspired by Milo Time, even as a very passionate and longtime fan of the NFL and of the Jets, it's really hard to know when you're watching a game, particularly on TV where you only see the slice of the yep. offensive line, why it is that a quarterback struggles. Is mm-hmm. it the quarterback? Yep. Is it the receivers not getting separation? Is it the offensive line not blocking? Some combination of them probably. But this week it appeared that there were certainly modest gains on the offensive line and significant gains at quarterback. Maybe those two things go and hand in hand and it's no coincidence. It seemed like the play calling was more creative too. But again, like I, I always talk about this with, with my good friend JJ and we always say like football is the sport where as Jets fans, we don't even know what it takes to be good. So it's, you know, everybody on Jets Twitter is arguing all the time about it's Zach. Zach's not good. Zach's good. The O-line's terrible. Hackett's the worst. Because we don't even know. <laughs> Everything is so abysmal. And then you look at the Giants who have Tommy DeVito looking like an NFL starting quarterback when I'm sure on the Jets he'd look like Tim Boyle. It's so hard to know what is to blame and who is good in the NFL because especially in the NFL it is the sport that the the fans we know the least about because you know I I would say 90% of people who are you know I've watched almost every red zone and playoff game for the last 10 years and I my knowledge of the actual schemes of football is still very limited right so I think it's interesting as even as someone who's not per se a casual like I don't know much about football, so I, I have a very hard time attributing and knowing who to blame. Yeah. And the other thing is about football, and I think we've talked about this on the program before, a football team is such a big tanker that a basketball team, you stumble into Luka Doncic and you're automatically competitive as long as he's healthy. You could surround him with yeah. you, me, and Tim Hardaway Jr., and the team is competitive. Um, an NFL team... 
it takes a whole bunch yeah. of correct decisions to make a team good and then a whole bunch more to make a team great. And it's just hard to get the stink out of a program in the NFL because you look at this Jets defense now and it's indisputably an excellent defense. Yep. But the clock is ticking on these guys yep. and contracts are going to come up soon. Yep. And before you know it, the Jets are going to fill out some guys on offense and guys like Quinn and Williams, they did sign, but CJ Mosley's going to retire. He's been very solid this he year. Quincy good. Williams, someone's going to open up the bank for him. Yep. And Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed aren't going to be here forever. So like the clock is ticking and yep. the window is small unless you have a program yeah. that generates and has smart management yeah. and is constantly bringing in fresh and good players. Yeah. It's always possible that things are going to go south in a hurry. And while good franchises probably feel like, well, all we need to do each year is supplement a couple of guys and mm-hmm. we'll continue to be good, mm-hmm. bad franchises feel exactly the opposite. Like, we need a whole bunch of guys yeah. really quickly yep. to be good. And then... Those guys are all going to leave soon anyway. Yeah, especially if it doesn't work out like it hasn't for the Jets for the last 13 years. You know, it's just, it's so tough. There's so many factors and you need a coach and a fan. You know, our, we're so tired. You know, Jonathan Vilma during the Falcons game was questioning why Jets fans were booing. And yeah. to me, it's just like you weren't, you haven't been watching. We haven't made the playoffs. He was a Jet. Years. He knows why. Well, he was in a good, he was in the, at least the precursor to a good Jets team. So right. that team was at least competitive, but... Um, you know, I mean, it's just the the team has just been so miserable for so long, and they're just not, they're showing, the defense is great, again, which we've acknowledged many times, but they are showing, I would say, no signs of being anything other than the same old Jets, other than the fact that the defense is good, but they are not even close to being competitive this year. Obviously, Rodgers went down, but other teams have done much more with their backup quarterbacks than the Jets have, much more. Couple so. of couple other points about the game. Of course, we have to mention that C.J. Stroud... The front runner for the rookie of the year was without Tank Dell, his superstar yep. wide yep. receiver. Yep. Nico Collins was hurt. Yep. Noah Brown isn't any good. I mean, he really had nobody to throw and Dal- to. Dal- Dalton Schultz was out too. And Dalton Schultz was out too. Receivers. So he really had no one to throw to on a rainy and windy day. On the worst so, turf in the league. On the worst turf in the league. That's right. So the Jets did have that advantage, but nothing is handed to you in the NFL. No. And at the end of the day, the defense allowed six points over yep. 60 minutes. And, you know, another phenomenal effort. I do think that despite the fact that um, they didn't have any of their top receivers, we do have to point out how totally dominant DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner were. Uh, by some measures, these are two of the five yep. best cornerbacks in the entire Michael NFL. Carter too. Michael Carter is one of yep. the, if, if not top five, he's, Michael Carter's been probably the best nickel in Yep, and Ashton Davis has been good, and C.J. Mosley, who I know you used to like to beat up on a little bit, has been really good this year. Quincy Williams, solid again. And that rotation on the defensive line, Quinn and Williams, I don't care. This is what you talk about. You know, it's hard to judge in the NFL how you even make a bad team good. Because you look at Quinn and Williams' stats, and I don't know that he grades out because... He's being double teamed. He doesn't pick up a ton of sacks. Right. But if you're watching, you see the penetration. You see the difference that Every he makes. Every run play. Every, Every run. running play. It's incredible. Yeah. And he's he's just a difference maker on that defense without some of those gaudy stats that people tend to pay a lot of attention to. Yeah. So in terms of what we're rooting for now, we were expecting the Jets to lose out and we were talking about draft position. But I want to say two words that is really a name and explain why it is that I'll be rooting for the Jets to win every week. And those two words are Jaden Daniels. This guy wins the Heisman Trophy as a quarterback for LSU. And I think if you probably read an article on the Heisman race and a mock NFL draft 
four weeks ago, five weeks ago, he was neither in the Heisman race nor projected to be in a, a first round pick on anyone's board. Now, it's a general proposition that the higher you pick in the first round, the more likely that player is to be an all pro, the more likely that player is to go to the Hall of Fame. That is, that's definitely true. But in the absence of an obvious dominant two or three players, if you're picking somewhere between six and 15, yeah. does it really matter? Does anyone really know who the right guy is? Yeah, and with their fifth win, the Jets are more or less not going to be picking top five at this point. Right. So, exactly. I, I agree with that. If, you know, this is not a year where we drafted Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence was on the board. Like, this is not that. The Jets are not have now won five games, which will not they will not have a top five pick. And the irony is that a guy like Caleb Williams, who won the Heisman Trophy last year and might have been a top three pick had he gone into the draft last year, now people are all questioning him and USC's performance and his reaction to some of their performances. I mean, it's quite possible that Caleb Williams could be dropping down into the double digits in the first round and guys like Drake May, Jaden Daniels could go ahead of him and... In a weird twist, the Jets could end up with the same guy this yeah. year, if they're looking for a quarterback, yep. that they couldn't have gotten even last year because he would have gone before they were even picking. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I agree. And, I've, you know, I've talked to plenty of people this week about what we're rooting for. And, you know, I, I keep saying, obviously, again, I'm, I will always be rooting for the Jets every week. I can never root for them to lose. But I would say that... You know, the Jets are not going to make the playoffs because they're not going to win the last four games. But if they do win this week, which they won't, they will not win this week. But if they do, it'll be, um, you know, it'll be at least semi-interesting, actually, to start maybe doing some playoff projections and hopes. Because the last three weeks are three very winnable games against the Commanders, Browns, and Patriots. So are we being fooled again? There were a couple of weeks that we went into this last month and a half thinking maybe we have something here jets are four and three jets are four and four jets are four and five all they have to do is just come out and play league average offense and they simply couldn't even come close to mustering it in any of those games i'm thinking in particular the game we went to the san diego chargers game are we being fooled again or is this a different Zach Wilson, the Dolphins are coming off a really, really disappointing game. I think they're going to be fired up. The question is whether we see something of the Zach Wilson from last week or whether we see the Zach Wilson we thought we knew before yeah. last week. I mean, I assume, I, I assume the Jets will get crushed this week. I think that the Dolphins losing that heartbreaking game on Monday night is probably not great for the Jets because they'll come in fired up. But I'm, you know, I mean, this is this this game will be another test for Salah as a coach to see if he can have them prepared because, you know, I think theoretically we had talked about. I'm not sure. If, I don't. I don't think it was ever in the Jets cast, but we had said going into this year the hope was that the Jets go ten and seven, and you know, I think if the Jets were to go nine and eight, it would be awesome, and that would, and if they missed the playoffs, that would really stink. But to go nine and eight would have been, I think, I felt I would have felt like that would have been at least a B minus season. So you know, again, that's not going to happen, but. It's not impossible until you lose that ninth game. So, you know, I'm, 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 I will probably be watching, um, but, you know, I, I, I can't say that I'm going to be fooled into believing or getting hype or anything until we see something again next week after they've lost five games in a row in devastating fashion. And I think that one thing that Jet fans should be looking at as well is continued development 
in the young guys on the squad, not just Zach Wilson, but Jermaine Johnson has become a game changer. Definitely. Mike Clemens, it would be really good to see him continue to develop. Um, it would be great if Tipman can stay healthy mm-hmm. and become a productive offensive lineman, if Becton can stay healthy. If you move beyond the playoff picture, which seems nearly impossible for the Jets. About one one and a half percent. Yeah, you start focusing on individual performances and what are we going to get later this year and what can we expect maybe next year from some of these guys if the defense is just as stout and the offense can be you know as i said as we said even a league average offense you have a potential for a team that can be really really good um i think we'll learn i think we learned something about zach wilson last week i think we'll learn more this week i think that i think that um and the coaching staff, I feel. Like and the coaching, the coaching staff. staff, and the coaching staff. I think that a lot of teams surprise teams in any given week, like the Titans last week. Frankly, right. The Jet, the Jets, you know, the Jets are not the we're not the worst team in football. We never said the Jets are the worst team in football. And any and any team that's not the worst team in football could upset any you know any team maybe except the Panthers, the Patriots at this point could beat anyone. And the Patriots just had a good win too. Like this is the, a good team ends up winning a couple games in a row when it matters. So, you know, we'll, we'll learn a lot about Zach, a lot, I think even more about the coaching staff this week, if they can actually, you know, sell these guys and win this week. And, and, I, and I'll, you know what, if the Jets win this week, I will definitely, you know, not not to start feel hopeful about the playoffs because it's still unlikely, even if they do win out, that they will make it. But, you know, at least start getting a little nuts. But until then, I, I can't say I'm like getting up and excited for this week because ultimately every game that they've had a chance to do that in this year, they other than the Eagles game, they've gotten destroyed since then. So, Well, that's a good way to wrap up this episode of the Jets cast inspired by Milo time. Again, I think Max and I are agreeing here that we're going to be rooting for the Jets to win the playoff. The, I'm sorry, the draft position doesn't seem to be crucial. It's unlikely the Jets are going to climb into the top half of the draft uh, into the, I mean, fall into the bottom half of the draft anyway. Um, so we're going to be looking for jet wins and we're going to be looking for performances from some of their younger players, not just Zach Wilson, but some of the other guys we've mentioned on this episode and in previous episodes. Yep. Max, that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining me. Be sure to stick around at the end of this episode of the Jets cast inspired by Milo time for Sweet Lefty song by Jared Fontaine and his band, The Idea of Machines. And as always, Go to iTunes or Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you get your music and pick up Jared's newest album, again, under the band name, The Idea of Machines. Thanks one more time, Max. Go J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And of course, join Lisa Cohen and me for the next episode of Milo Time, which drops every week on Saturday night, Sunday morning at midnight. Thanks again. Take care. Take care.